0: yeah welcome welcome i'll tell you i was talking at eight o'clock it's funny when you take a week off and do this it's kind of like riding a bike though right randall
1: i was so excited i couldn't figure out how to make my stand work i couldn't (laughs) find my headphones but (laughs) chappy i can do this (laughs) but yeah i was excited man i'm really uh super stoked um we had some great shows on Tuesday, but it was, I was up your home way uh, uh, last Thursday. I was in uh, Charleston, so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. Saw a lot of, uh, speaking of, uh, I mean, did you follow me back? Because everywhere I looked up there, there was Pirates <laughs> gear. I get on, I'm sporting my braids. <laughs> almost more my Pirates that What's up, Chappie? What's Chappie going to the Pirates bar- here? Well,
0: I'll tell you, um, it's interesting because, you know, being from the area, I, I, I'm i part of a, lot of a lot of the group. I mean, I, so I'm a Cubs fan at heart, right? That's who I've grown up with. But really, they're not on here. They're blacked out. There's a lot of White Sox games on here. But I never get to see the Cubs. So I really, you know, um, have just – cheered for a bunch of teams this year, but I, I'll tell you, uh, being a, a Pittsburgh-ish guy, um, I, I read a lot of Pittsburgh stuff, and I, it's a shame that these Pirates uh, stink, okay? They stink. But when you look at it, all these Pit, all these Pirates fans are, are grading this year's team and this management to what they've done in the past, and that's a terribly unfair assessment
1: terribly. It's justice.
0: And, and, you know, you look at what Ben Sherrington has done elsewhere, um, whether it's in Toronto or in Boston, he's brought in competent players. He knows how to make trades. He's brought in people who can develop talent. And he stocked that minor league bullpen or uh, farm system up so much that these fans in Pittsburgh, they don't realize it. They're all talking about, are they going to trade, you know, this guy and that guy and whatever. They aren't that far off of Pittsburgh. Two years, two years, they're going to be like San Diego was last year. I just wonder who they draft with the first overall pick this year.
1: Well, I don't know if you've been watching much of the College World Series. A bit. Um and my balls, congratulations on making it. Um, probably a year early, but they made it, lost to, I i think, watching again. I don't know how they don't draft Jack Leiter. He lost the other night and had 15 strikeouts. You know, how do you lose a game with 15 strikeouts? But when you set Kamar Rocker and Leiter beside each other, you just see Jack Lider as the more finished product, and also, I agree. You know, Lider has the advantage. Uh, Rocker's dad was a professional athlete, played professional football, right? But Jack Lider has grew up in those clubhouses yeah. and with a dad that pitched in the major league, and you yeah. see that.
0: Well, I, and, and you know, he just looks the part of a pitcher. I totally agree. My, I guess my question to you is, Randall, just. Does Rocker start in Pittsburgh, if that's the case?
1: No. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. I, it's a tough question, right? It is. Um, and I don't know uh, – Jaffe, you yeah. can correct me. Uh, I know Horner started up with the big club in 79. Right. And, and I don't know if anybody since then has went straight from, from college World Series to – to the starting everyday lineup, um, that'd be something trump. you have to ask my dad, buddy. It's a. I'm, t- I'm trying to
0: channel him. I'm not there yet.
1: <laughs> I, it's, I. You know that's the sad thing. I'm better in the '70s <laughs> and '80s baseball than I am probably uh, today's. Uh, until we get to show a. Hey, uh, but, I, and you know, you talk a lot about the pirates, and I don't know that if Mike Gonzalez, it my favorite prospect. Uh, Nick, Nick, Nick Gonzalez. Yeah, uh, because, excuse me, I watched him at Florida so much. I, just, I, you know, Florida's our arch enemy. We just fall in love with watching other players. Nick Gonzalez at Florida was unbelievably good, and he's about the fourth prospect in that organization now. Yeah, you know?
0: can I give you a comp, and I want you to know, I want you to want to know your thoughts on it.
1: Neil Walker. Very similar. That's that. Uh, yeah, that is um, that is a very good comp. Um, yeah, might not be elite defensively, but very good defensively. Turns a good second. Uh, turns a great double play, if I remember from Florida. Um, and more, gap, still, more gap, more power, but he can take it over the fence. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one thing about those college infielders, um, I think the game almost slows down for them at one point because they've had rockets hit at them for three and four years with those. Off the past Yeah. I mean, it's almost those middle infielders and quarter infielders. It, it's not getting any harder in the major leagues, at them.
0: Look at Jonathan Indian, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Good yeah. point.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, it's interesting because um, I, I feel like, you know, okay. So what do the pirates do with the trade? Demo?
1: You know, uh, there's a couple of pieces up there that I've heard about possibly moving, and I agree with you. Uh Reynolds is not one. Nice. Uh Cabrian Hayes is not one. Right. But I do feel like they need some arms. If you've got a couple of pieces to go out and add some nice mid level arms that are maybe a year or two away from the majors. Double A level, right? Yeah, you go, you go find one of them and get get, you know, because the, they're definitely, uh, it's very similar to Toronto. And I feel like the, there is all the bats in the world need it, but they're going to need some arms at some point and uh, to get where they want to go. So if you could go out and move someone and get a nice double a arm, I think you do it. I, I,
0: so who's someone?
1: Uh, that's the tough question. Uh, maybe you can move one of the mid middle middle infielders. Um, maybe you can move someone in the outfield. Um, I know it's not Reynolds, and I know you're looking for exact names. No, and I, I don't. So
0: Adam Frazier's having a great year, right?
1: A, yeah, a phenomenal year. And and what's the other shortstop they have that's not over there? Eric Gonzalez. Yeah, He's
0: exactly. more of a defensive type guy. He's never really gotten. So for me, Adam Frazier should bring a King's Ransom because he plays second base. He plays the outfield. He can play, I think, left and center field. Um, he, he's one of those guys that – and he can hit at the top of the order. If you're a contending team and you're wanting a spark plug-type bat, Adam Frazier has played himself. It's quite a nice bounty for the Pittsburgh
1: Pirates. And you were discussing one of the hottest teams in the major leagues that I think Adam Frazier would be a nice addition to. I think Adam Frazier would be a great addition to the Giants. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, and and, and um, matter of fact, I'm just – we'll get to the Giants later, I'm sure, but I'm just amazed at what they're doing out there. But uh, I also – I'm interested to see what the Braves do. Are the Braves – they're kind of in no man's land. They can't really be a buyer and they can't really be a seller. Yeah. Well, some of the prospects have let them down. Yeah. I mean, um, it looks like, um, it's kind of a train wreck in Atlanta right now. I love the Braves. I still think, I think last year they were a year away. I think they took a step back this year, but definitely an off season that you've got to evaluate.
0: Decision-making.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: you've kind of the, C- some- the Cubs did it for three years straight when they had all that talent. And I, I said it at the time, you're in the same boat, buddy. It's very similar.
1: Yep. Except for the Cubs won a series. The the one thing I'll say about the Braves is they still have a great young core. Absolutely. If you could figure the rest of it out. Um, and I feel like figuring the rest of it out, starts and end with a uh, pitcher 3 through 5 in the back end of that bullpen. <coughs> um and in the future of Ozuna. what what is the future? Is if 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 we don't uh, yeah, have I a guess, clear point by I don't think season? there's a future.
0: I don't think there's a future there. Uh, here's I my here's my question to you. And I'm asking this in all seriousness.
1: Kyle Wright a part of the future. At some point either this August September, we find out the answer. I, I I still think they have one more. Bring it up. Give him a full show. Uh, right now, no, he's not. Um, unfortunately, because I think he's the one arm that can help that team immensely if he ever figures it out. And and Chappie, I don't know why he hasn't figured it out. He was as dominating. It's, it's it's
0: it's command.
1: It's command. That's all it is. I'm beginning to ask myself, and I'll ask you this, Chappie. Hey, Rich, um, do the Braves have a problem with their pitching staff in the minor leagues? To me, it it appears we do.
0: The development's not there, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There's no question. There's a a clear gap there. I feel like. And and it's been pretty consistent, um, you know, they kind of got lucky because Ian Anderson is so talented. He kind of slipped through the through the cracks a little bit, but oh, case by case by
1: case. Well, um, it, it feels like the pitchers that came up uh, ahead of this rotation exactly was a little bit more developed than this rotation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Soroka, Anderson, I think. Ben- It frees regardless, but I still think that he was – I agree. I agree. And, you
0: know, you look at that next tier, like you said, um, how many guys have they gone through? Tukey Toussaint was supposed to be this thing. Um, Bryce Wilson. Yeah, I I mean, you you can name guy after guy that they, you know, ran out there and was a failure. And at some point you have to, you know, quit blaming the talent. Yeah. And start blaming what you're doing. And, uh, and that was my problem with the Pirates for years and years and years with Ray Searage. They're in so much better of a shot spot now than where they were with Ray Searage. And people still talk positively about that guy. I don't get it. I don't
1: get it. In baseball, more than any other sport, well, it's a unique almost that the quality of your major league team is as dependent on your minor league staff and development as anything in the sport. And you see these teams that consistently get people developed and get them to the major leagues. And they're the ones that consistently win. Um, the Braves have made a living with being that organization until now. So what changed? So, yeah. and, and you fix it. you cause there's still some very viable young talent in that organization. Drew Waters, Tucker Davidson. They have a first baseman at Double A that's really heated up. Uh, Langoliers. You know, there's talent. Um, yeah. Just you got to figure it out now. Uh, it falls off quick. It does. Uh, if you if you keep failing, it falls off quick. Uh, the below Double A right now is not very uh, robust in the Braves organization. Let's put it, let's put it that way. Yeah. It, it, uh, and almost to the point where if we're not buyers at the trade deadline, I don't really would hate not to see us be sellers and try to work on our own minor league system.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it, that's a tough position to be in. It is. So I want to talk about one more minor league aspect, then we'll talk about the majors for a little bit. Fastest rising
1: prospect uh, I think he's been cross town for about the last uh, six months uh, I mean three months. I, I really am just blown away by the Chattanooga legend of Hunter Green. yeah uh, this kid uh, in three months that he was in Chattanooga has this city a buzz with uh, you know and it's not like there's not other talent on that team right the this this city is in love with Hunter green uh, when you're talking about we had just and you know we won't get political here but we just had got our mask laws repealed uh, Nick LaDue and hunter green starts sell out sell out i mean and that's we're a good little baseball city but sell out sell out no, that's not that's not normally Chad Nugger. We're a, yeah we're about an eighty percent capacity crowd, so it's been really he's been great for our uh, our, our little town.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, so so just like I feel like um, Pittsburgh doesn't appreciate what they're doing in the minor leagues, I don't think Cincinnati sees this coming.
1: They're going to be awful good. We've got a shortstop down here that's pretty damn good two very good pitchers, Uh the former all pencil up in the majors. You know, there, there's some talent in that organization.
0: Well, it all it all starts – it all starts with Lodolo and Green.
1: You, you know, Chappie, you know, we may not – you may not intend it for me to go this way, but I think there's a resurrection of hot prospect in Joe Adele. I, I really feel like this – He's almost, um, we had this conversation during the draft or in league draft before the game. And we we're like, how do we view Joe Adele? And we both were negative, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, I think Joe Adele is, uh, rebuilt his reputation. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And I, I feel like, you know, it's funny.
0: I, I said, actually, I don't know how much you got to catch my eight o'clock show. I talked about him. Um, but he, uh, I watched a lot of the Angels cuz I have Shohei in my big money league. And yep. um he uh Upton the other night sitting leadoff. he's killing. It. He's doing such a great job at leadoff. Uh, but he tweaked his I think it was his hamstring. And I'm thinking, oh boy, here it is. This is a perfect opportunity. Um it didn't happen. Upton stayed in the or went stay, he left the game but he was back in the lineup the next night. Right. But it's literally any day. And, and you're absolutely right. He has resurrected his, whatever you want to call that, his you know prospect allure, if you will. Um, but I, I think you'll see a different Joe Adele, just like you saw a different jazz chism, just like you've seen um, a, a different uh, Jesus Sanchez so far.
1: And and I root for the kid. I don't know why. You find players that you are naturally um, from other teams that you're naturally uh, you you don't know, you like the way they swing the bat. They're swing. You know, Joe Adele was one of those for me that I root for. And I'll be honest with you, both of those prospects and Mars and Adele, yeah. are kind of guys I root for. And they'll
0: both help this team, especially if they continue to you know to hang on because it's not like they're going to be big buyers at the trade deadline.
1: No. They're going to have, they're
0: going to have to rely on those guys to contribute.
1: And, and, uh, you know, I think the angels are, I did hear your earlier, um, pod. Uh, I, and I really enjoyed it, especially the angels talk and the pole holes, pole holes, Dodgers. If there's ever been a win-win in sports, I think it could be. that. Oh yeah, Absolutely.
0: And, you know, it's
1: pretty clear
0: Pujols was dogging it in Anaheim. <laughs> and I get it. He wasn't the big dog. And he kind of was like an – I don't think they did him very well there, you know. Um, but he's clearly happy with the Dodgers.
1: I do. I, you know, and um, sometimes it's it's just – I've been an angel for 11 years. I've seen this Dog and pony show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that—that's like you know. I mean,
0: it spreads. You know, I hate to compare it to something gross, but it's it's, just—it's—it's like a fungus. It spreads. People read that and they feed off of that. So you know, I think that. And then he goes to LA, a trip to the Dodgers. I did that a couple times a day from LA to LA, and um, you know, he's hitting fourth, and yeah, he's not playing every day, but he gets to pinch hit and. The, all the, the younger players look up. I mean, he's a leader. So there's a lot of good things for the Dodgers' perspective, too. Like, they need good so, things, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, on 3R this weekend, uh, we discussed the Angels. Uh, all three of us, a uh, unique thing, lived around the San Diego area at one point. Okay. Uh, Raj, Robbie, and myself. There's not a sports franchise worse publicized in their own city than Anaheim Angels. And it's almost like, I, I feel like the Nets are more publicized. I feel like, you know, the Mets are more publicized. They're like the Clippers sun. were in the
0: early nineties. Yeah.
1: The Clippers is even went.
0: Yeah. Late. That's what I said
1: back then. That's
0: what they're like. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> well, I'll tell you that it's interesting though, when you look at it, they got the best player in baseball. I think, if you think about it, do they have the best two players in baseball? Randall,
1: Mike Trout, healthy? Yeah, I would say so. It's a it's a hard argument not to say that Trout's still not. And at twenty nine, you know, yeah, this is this is his prime years. So what, let's talk about Shohei.
0: Um. Because this is—it's funny. I know you know I have him in my in my weekly yeah. change Big Money League.
1: So let me give you a little background. When you first talked about Shohei, I was like, okay, I'm gonna let Phil talk about Shohei. We went through now three months, and I'm like, oh well, uh, Phil's been right the whole time. <laughs> so let's start it. Let's start there after last week and say Phil's been right. He's the American League MVP and the best player in baseball. Okay, let's start conversation. Phil's been right right about a lot this year. I'm not trying to
0: brag, but we talked about Joe Musgrove. We talked about Jose Altuve. We talked about Vladimir Guerrero. These were popular discussion points in the offseason, right?
1: Um, And, you know, go ahead. A lot of people were like me. They were tired of the Tawny hype train, but it's real. I mean, last week he won a game and had six home runs. Okay, what more could he do? So, you know, I'm a nerd, right? Yes. So am I. So,
0: a baseball nerd. Have you been to Baseball Savant and looked at his statistical breakdown?
1: Uh, knowing that we were going to talk about it, I went not to there, but I did go to Baseball America and look at a lot of the. I, so I, I actually, uh, and we have a segment on three R's, Bet Your Nuts, and I actually lost on him this week pitching, but yeah. Uh, I, what caught me more than anything was uh, strikeouts. I, I never oh. dreamed, I never dreamed he would have struck out as many as he had. It's such a great point. So
0: he's only eligible DH in my weekly league. Okay. He's eligible eligible DH or pitcher. I could play him at one or the other for the week. I played him at pitcher for the first month and a half of the season. Um finally cut ties on Jorge Soler, moved him over there, and he's been hitting ever since. In our lineup, Yeah. This week, I'm wanting to make a jump. I've gone from 12th to third in this league, by the way, okay? I'm wanting to make a jump on the pitcher side, right? So I move him over to pitcher. I pick up um, Bobby Bradley. Question. I'll quit beating around the bush. Is Shohei Otani a better pitcher? Or hitter in a weekly change league where you can only use them at one position for the week.
1: Um up until a week ago. Now I think he had a bad outing this week. I was I would have said he is much more valuable as a pitcher. But after the tower Terry went on last week, and, and in those six home runs, I saw like four of them. I just happened to be flipping through the channels. Just was watching the Angels games. I mean, in a week, I cannot express enough how Shohei Otani took me from. I'm a guy doing a podcast with a guy with a man crush on Shohei Otani. <laughs> so, okay, I get it. I think-
0: <laughs> okay, so I'm going to run some. I'm going to. I want you to give me your best guess. What do you think? What percentile do you think Shohei Ohtani's average exit velocity is in the major leagues?
1: Two.
0: No, high is is where you're. Oh,
1: at. I thought a top two percent is what no, I was. Yeah. Thinking.
0: Okay, so ninety eighth percentile is what yeah. you say. Okay, exactly right. He's in the ninety eighth percentile. Not bad. No. Max exit velocity. What percentile do you think he is? Uh,
1: I, I I would think after some of the balls I saw hit last week that he'd probably be number one. One hundred. That's you're two for two. <laughs> I watched last week.
0: Yeah. Here's another one for you. Here's another barrel percentage. Barrel percentage. How many times you square the ball up when you hit yeah. it, When you swing at it. Where do you think he ranks in barrel percentage? Top
1: five percent.
0: One hundred.
1: Uh, I was going to was going to break away from that. No,
0: X slug. So X slug is slugging percentage in like a weighted. Um, it, it basically evens it out so that it takes the equation of um, the team around you. Um, so so it's that it, it's a, it's a weighted right so. Ex right. slug, where do you think he he um, lands in the league? Top
1: don't ever
0: overth- don't overthink it. Top
1: top two percent.
0: One hundred. <laughs> this is this is what I'm talking about, and I, I'm being silly. I get it. One thing I do want to make point of because I do think it's important, and I'm not going to make big show of it, but I I do want everybody to understand. We're talking about a guy that's six foot four, and he's in the ninety fourth percentile sprint speed.
1: You probably know, but I was shocked to see that he has double digits and steals. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I would assume they're protecting him a little more than they are.
0: Here's what's going on. Shohei does not swing at balls outside of the strike zone. He doesn't. He does not swing at balls outside of the strike zone, and he knows this strike zone very well, okay? Yep. Therefore, what happens is these pitchers will pick, pick, pick at him. When Shohei Ohtani gets walked, he wants to make that a double. That's his trend. And he could steal
1: 25 bases this year, Randall. So, I heard uh, a comparison. That said if he didn't want to hit 50 home runs, he could hit 320 and 20 home runs. That he has that type of swing. It, it's just to me, he gets he hits more and and he hits good pitches well. One of his home runs I saw the other day was a slider mm-hmm. inside corner he turned on that most people would have missed. Yeah. So, to me, that's, um, I guess it's one of the things that I watch. You know, are you a, do you just hit a lot? When somebody makes a bad pitch, you hit it hard? Or can you take a good pitch and hit it well? To me, Otani takes a good pitch and hits it well.
0: Otani, to me, is the closest thing we have to Barry Bonds. Otani might see one pitch for a whole game and he could put it in the field, in the outfield.
1: Over the wall. I actually heard the comparison to Stan Musial, so that's how I, I I don't know.
0: I, I feel like I've been trying to overstate this this entire time, and I failed miserably at it. He is as disciplined a player as I've ever seen. And his talent is unmatched in the 46 years that I've been on this earth. I've never seen a player do the things
1: that he can do. And I don't think I ever will. And he's still, what, 27? 26. Yeah. So Probably not to his prime yet. Absolutely not. He's not to his prime yet. He's only been state.
0: This is he this is his third year stateside. He's just still uh, I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna say something stupid. We're talking about a guy who could be here here's the thing that people don't realize, Randall. He's rope doping us on the mound. You realize that, right? Right. You're only seeing Shohei Otani at 80% on the mound. I'll say that again. You're only seeing four fifths of Shohei Otani on the mound right now.
1: I'm not sure that I'd even want four fifths of it. I'm just worried about Four fifths is one of the best pitchers in the game. Sorry okay. to interrupt. I I just I like you. I I worry about. I heard your other show where you said he would be my DH and my pitcher, and and take you know. I don't know. I don't want to see doing both cut his career short or cost him. I'll give it. I'll go a step further. He'd be my DH. He'd be
0: my starter. And he'd be my closer on the day he was supposed to pitch on the side.
1: I so that players.
0: that side side session would be game session. That's what I'd do with him. He would never play the field for me. Unless we're in a National League park, I'd play him at first base.
1: That's what makes logical sense to me.
0: Yeah. He's 6'4". He's a first baseman. Let him run, let him do all that other crap. I I don't want to hurt I don't want to hurt my my assets. I don't want him out there running in the outfield. I know he can do it. I don't care about that. I want him hitting
1: 40 homers for me. So, is his Major League clock for free agency the same as other people since he came over from Japan? So the Angels basically I mean, he has an opt out. I think. Yeah, I mean, so I just looked it up. He becomes an unrestricted free agent in twenty four. How much? In, let's see. He this is twenty one, so he'll be twenty nine. How much is a unrestricted Shohei Tani hitting a free agency market worth at twenty nine in twenty twenty four? I mean, he timed that out right, didn't he? Yeah.
0: It set, he sets the market. I think so. I mean, Order, I, you know. I, I don't know what it is. I, I'd, I'd have to look and research contracts and stuff, but I don't see where anybody else should or would demand more than what he would get, I, especially if he can repeat this again next year and the year after. I, I, this guy's, you know, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to get, too ahead of myself with it.
1: No, but you got to start thinking about stuff like the Patrick Mahomes contract. You know, half That's where my head
0: was. Yeah, that's sure. where my head was. Half-fields. I mean, you 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 think about you think about what he's good at, which is everything. <clears throat> but pitchers, he, he's not even. He's still two or three years off from blooming as a pitcher. Yeah, pitchers pitch until they're forty, and with his long arms. He could hit – I mean, even if he loses some of the average, he could hit 30, 40 homers for – I mean,
1: I would want him on my team. He's costing the Angels a, a whopping $3 million in salary and $3 million in luxury. Jeez. A $5.5 5 next year plus a three-year-old, so eight and a half. Arbitration eligible in twenty three, and then unrestricted free agent in twenty four. I, I best value in baseball, without a doubt.
0: Well, one of them. You guys got a pretty good value.
1: Well, yeah, but we did pay him. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's making what twenty million. So yeah. But still, yeah, you got an extra like five years of plan. right. Right. Or that. I, I just
0: I think it's interesting, and you know, I, I just I, I I like that Joe Madden. I I I want to be careful with my words here. <laughs> I like how Joe Madden has handled Shohei Ohtani.
1: Uh, unusual that you would say that.
0: Yeah. Um, I. I when it goes back to the Cubs, I I feel like Madden got in his own way, but I feel like Theo and Jed got in their way, his way as well. Yeah, I, they I mean, they all three screwed that up equally.
1: I I think Joe Madden's a good baseball man, and you know what I mean by baseball man. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's the slickest front office office operator that's ever been but on the field he seems to be a very good game player manager he 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 thinks he
0: is fair enough he thinks he is and that gets in his way he does have good ideas i'm not saying he doesn't I, th- I think he falls in love with personalities. Uh, I think that's a big part of his
1: problem. Yeah, Acuna, by the way, hits the open market in 2029 at the age of 31, and and the brilliant move by the Braves to up, up lock yeah. him up at 17 million per.
0: Um, I know we're wanting to shift over real quick, but I I, I just
1: I want to talk about Kyle Schwarzenegger. Yeah, we need to and 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 we can make the football segment 5 minutes or 15 minutes. We got that. So that we need to we need to d- discuss that.
0: I, I I just I can't help but th- start thinking about this Washington national team and what they're doing. And a lot of it's being spearheaded by Kyle Schwarber. Soto's been good, but not the player we thought he was going to be initially. I'm not uh, saying I, it won't come.
1: Yeah, a nice year. I expect him to heat up. You were talking about yeah. heat ups after yes. All-Star break. I expect Soto to heat yeah. up after the All-Star break.
0: Totally agree. Um, You have a guy like Trey Turner who's been one of the most underrated players all year.
1: Yep. Maybe for his career, even. Absolutely. And you're spearheaded
0: by one of my favorite pitchers to watch and Max Scherzer.
1: Yes, and we needed to cover that a little bit too.
0: So let's let's kind of kill two birds with one stone here. Is Max Scherzer a guy that you trust post spider attack inspections as a buy candidate?
1: I, I do. Um I have no I have no problem trusting. Him. I have no problem trusting him. Um I thought what he said about Alex Boom was actually a very viable yeah. statement. And I didn't it was some people took it as negative. No, it was I took wasn't. it as a positive that he yeah. I sent I basically I thought sure was saying I don't want to beam anybody in the face with a 95 exactly. miles an hour fastball. And, yeah. You know, you've got to give me a chance to grip the ball. So yeah, and, and, and I'll tell
0: you. I mean, you know, um, it, it was <laughs> it was a really interesting
1: exchange. It was almost comical at points. Uh, did Kyle, Did it look like he was going to his hair? It did. He did. It, he it, did. But I, look, here's the thing: you have
0: to give, and I'm not taking. I'm not taking anybody's side. You that'd be like in our league. i say all of a sudden, oh, we're not having a playoffs. We're just going to have the top
1: team win at the end of the year. They changed the rules in the middle of the season. Right, right. And I've openly heard pitchers complain that this ball does not have the – Grip. The grip, the raised seam, it seems right. to be the big right. problem. That there's a little bit of a lower seam in this year's baseball. That it, it's harder on the pitchers. And, you know, we, we're on a pace to have the most hit batters in 100 years. There's some truth. That- well, and the other
0: part of that, I'm sorry to interrupt. The other part of that is you are in a game now where pitchers throw up. Yeah. It used to be uh, every pitcher was down, 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 right. down. If you were up, you missed. Now, pitchers are all about that line of sight. Yeah. And they like to throw the ball. I, I tell you, the other night against Shohei, who the heck? Well, oh, Scalfini. He threw a slider, got away from him. It was up over his head. But because he changed the line of sight, Shohei went after it and struck him out.
1: There is no more effective pitcher. In, uh, and we saw it in the College World Series to some level. The up fastball after you change the, the yes. batter's field of um, feel vision. Basically, if you make him look for away or something. And then come up high with ninety-four. Hey, and in college baseball now, everybody throws ninety-four-95. Yeah. If and that's you, only gonna go up. Yeah, if if you get if you can change the batter's high line and then you come up with ninety-four, ninety five, it's almost impossible to hit. Yeah.
0: I, I'll tell you one of the deadliest pitches in this game. He's the only pitcher that does this. Lucas Giolito. Those that high change up. Yeah. He's the only one that has the guts to do it because his changeup is so good. But he is lethal with that pitch. If you haven't got to see him pitch a whole lot, you owe it to yourself to go do that because his changeup looks exactly. They talk about tunneling, they look exactly the same coming out of his hand. It just it it drops off and it's a, a foot back.
1: I have not seen him. I, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll definitely need to look at that.
0: It, it's a he's. I'll tell you, he is so impressive in how he pitches because he throws, you know, mid to high nineties. But then he throws that. He throws that changeup, and he throws. I think it's a slider as well. But the changeup is probably the best pitch in the game.
1: So I'm gonna make a statement, and it's kind of a follow up to your statement earlier. And I, I'm gonna go with it. And, and, and I have no problem. With the umpires enforcing no banned substance on the baseball and and checking the catchers, checking the pitchers, I but I also don't have problem with giving the pitchers some kind of grip protection because this is the truth, Chappie. At one hundred and three, it just takes one of those to do permanent damage.
0: You kill someone.
1: Yeah, so let's not get so petty about this that we change the rules in mid-game and somebody permanently gets hurt.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and that's why you look around, you see netting around the ballparks now. They did that for a reason. Let's make it, you know, safe for the players as well.
1: It's – this is not – so in the early 90s, before I was a father and – You know, as my career was starting, uh, and I live an hour 15 from the ballpark, I knew that if I was ever going to be a season ticket holder, uh, it was the time to do it. So, And it was a great run for the Braves. So I went down there, and I probably saw 60 games a year for a four- or five-year run. And I remember anybody throwing plus 95 back then, uh, maybe once a month we would see a Roger Clemens or a – or, or somebody like that Wallers at the time through, you know, 98, 99 for one inning. Everybody throws that now. Yeah. And it's a scary, it's not scary. I just the athletes are better than they were then 30 years ago.
0: Training's better.
1: Yeah. And it's going to keep getting, I mean, our boy Hunter green threw 37 pitches over a hundred miles an hour.
0: Yeah. So, so, we kind of got away from it. I want to get back to it. Kyle Schwarber, the leadoff hitter. Uh, uh, go ahead. No, I just – I think – I have to look to make – I think he had his 21st homer tonight. I think it was I,
1: 20th. But, I think he hit two. Oh, then it would be 21st because I'm looking at through last night.
0: Yeah. So, you know – Here's a guy who seems to be really like – like I mean, you see in his post-game interviews, the teammates really like him, right? Why? I think he was
1: well-locked in Chicago, too. I,
0: I, that I, That's what I was trying to get to. That, why – if you're the Chicago Cubs
1: front-off. Why would you just let a guy like Hal Schwarber go? Complete bundle, if you're asking my opinion. I mean, it's one of those situations where I don't understand. I'm gonna go back to my 10-year-old baseball expert, which by the way, will be back on Tuesday. If you get a chance nice. to join us, I'd love for you to join us one time to talk to Ray Ray. It'd be it'd be a <laughs> lot of fun to have you and him on there together. It's I'd like, love to do it. I gotta ask the boss. It's 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 like it's like 10 year old Chappie, I have a feeling. Um, <laughs> but Ray Ray said something the first show of the year. He goes, Man, they're going to miss Warburg. He said, Yeah. And he said it so appropriately, and I think it was true. He go, and, and And it's in 10 year old terms, but you think about it, he was right. What happened to him in the bubble last year is not the player that he was, is basically what he said. And right. he's like, right? he's not going to hit 188 in Washington. Is, is he ever going to hit 320? No. But, I mean, what, 260s in his realm? 280s? Maybe 270 is his top. But, wow, he's really made Washington fun to watch. And he's not a guy that necessarily fits that leadoff role, but I also think he's a guy mentally – that one hundred percent fits that leadoff role. So, so let me—you
0: set this up perfectly. He did have two homers tonight, by the way. Let me propose a hypothesis to you. I don't know if you've noticed Victor
1: Robles' performance lately. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For some it's, reason, people keep offering to trade him to me. I don't know why. Yeah. Um. I tell you, you're still not seeing it from a batting average
0: perspective. But what you're seeing him, and I was reading today, this is a really good point that they made. He's working in batting practice. He's told the batting practice pitchers to pitch on the edge. Right. Because he's trying to work. You know, he knows that if he gets on base, he can steal, he can contribute there. And if he gets on base, the Nationals want to move him up to the leadoff spot. So you take everybody. So you take Schwarber, Turner, Soto, Bell slash Zimmerman, Gomes, Castro, all the way down. Scoot them down one spot. What does Schwarber look like as a two-hitter right behind Robles. What does Turner look like as a three-hitter right in front of those two?
1: Uh, Maybe the more natural fit for Turner the whole career is being that hole, And I think Swerberg would – you know, he's a – career. so when I use this term, I use it in the most complimentary way I can. He's a professional baseball player. Yeah. And and he knows when he's in the one hole what his responsibility is. When he's in the two hole, he may – you know, and not everybody is that. I, I, Freddie Freeman is a professional baseball player. You know, these guys just understand the game. He's another one of
0: those players who knows the strike zone very well. And is not afraid to take a ball out of the zone and take his base.
1: And uh, – it- that will make him a better hitter. And it's not dissimilar to Austin Riley sitting down for the last two years and saying, "Pitch me outside, pitch me outside." I got to learn how to handle that ball. He's now hitting 280 with 12 dingers. You know, of all the things that went wrong for the Braves, that's the one that went right. So, and there's
0: no way they trade him. No, none. No way. That's I saw right. an article the other day that said that. I'm like, no, that you clearly don't know what you're talking about.
1: I think um, you may see uh, – you 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 might see them move Swanson. I'd hate to see that, man. But that, He's
0: really played well after starting slow. Yeah, I have him on my team. He's been great.
1: I think it's more of a contract issue. You know, than, it's going to be tough to resign all these guys at some point. Right. So, um, I don't know. Um, I could also still see them uh, doing something. I don't – think you see Wilson Contreras move now
0: uh I, he's played his way into Keeperville huh yeah uh
1: and I is don't he a catcher for now um it's still still it is a to me it's an excellent problem to have is two athletic catchers and one of them is a defensive phenom and so, the other one could play other places
0: so let's let's get a little bit more short side of this Who's the cut or who's the Braves' catchers the rest of the year? One sure. a, what, who one, and two.
1: Um. Uh, oh God, what's his name? I can't even think. Um, uh the guy they just signed uh, Contreras and somebody that I'll name here in about thirty seconds.
0: Um. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I mean, so they had Alex Jackson for a while. They Jeff had. Mathis. Jeff Math. Oh, geez, the old giant, right? Yeah. Wow. What happened to the other guys?
1: Uh, Donato is hurt. D'Arnaud. Yeah. And then what about Alex Jackson? I think they just let him walk again. That's
0: another guy. He was a high prospect, man. He was a 21st overall pick or something like that.
1: Yeah. They have sworn that they're not going to rush Langelier. And and they they shouldn't. They They shouldn't.
0: shouldn't. Yeah, he's too viable. so so what I think I hear you saying is William Gutierrez is the starting catcher for the next two years. I think so. And you're good with that as a Braves fan. Uh yes. Man. We're talking about him for three years.
1: I I have- <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked what the Braves said the night they drank draft Langoliers. There was a top three prospect they had on their board. Yeah. Texas. Yeah. And you um, you can't just let that go. Yeah, Alex Jackson, 60 days. Yeah. Season's probably over. Donato, 60 days. Could be back in August. Okay. All well. Right, depth, depth chart right now. Yes, yeah, William Contreras, and they have brought up a Kevon Smith at this point. Oh, okay, that's
0: um kid from uh, I want to say Tampa Bay.
1: Yeah, I think so. Not kid, he's older. Yeah, he's yeah. yeah. So yeah, Buck ninety four right now.
0: I tell you, I'm 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 glad to hear you say that. We're we're in uh two catcher league in my big money league. And I had Tyler Stevenson as my second catcher. I, I picked up Zunino, which I'm ecstatic about. Um, but, but I had Tyler Stevenson, and I dropped him because Wilson, Wilson William Contreras was out there. So I'm glad to hear you saying that. I mean, I, I think I made the right move there. What do you think?
1: I think so. I think I think so. And I think I, 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 Travis Dinardo has a place on this team, but also. By the time he's back, I don't know where the Braves are at and why we yeah. he are playing. Hey, well, and I I think Contreras is a better
0: catcher, he's a better offensive catcher for sure. Uh, for sure. So, uh, yeah, I'll I tell you, um, how much do you know about the Stevenson kid? Not a whole lot. You know, he played first base when Votto got hurt, really, he hit cleanup. When yeah, Votto I remember was
1: saying that now. Your time yeah. We talked about it on the show, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, you know, I mean, I had him, and I'm like, Phew. but that Votto comes back and just really playing well. <laughs> so yeah. kind of shot that theory in the water and sneaking in there a little bit, you know.
1: I spent, I think, $18 on Contreras yep. in our league yep. and I told you at the time. It's a good did, value. I said, I, I know I overpaid, probably paid $10 more than I had to, but I just picked up my catcher for the next three years, you know, yeah. yeah, maybe even longer. Hey, you never know, does somebody come along and offer the Braves the house for Langoliers? I mean, you move him if they do. Uh, if you get a top level arm and a, another player, and you know, or just one of those, the one thing, the one thing you can never have is too many catchers in your organization.
0: You know who makes sense to make that move, Randall? Who's that? The Pittsburgh
1: Pirates. Hey, the Braves—they could do it. They yeah, could do it. The Braves uh, would actually be a pretty good trade partner with the Pirates, right? Yeah, yeah. So no.
0: we'll see. Um, all right, man. We're at eleven o'clock. Anything else you want to talk about with baseball,
1: or you want to move to football for a little bit? Uh, we can move football for a bit, but uh, I've enjoyed baseball. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we didn't get the time. I didn't talk any baseball. But before we jump, shout out to my Atlanta Hawks in the Eastern Conference Final. It's at least fun to watch basketball right now for me.
0: I haven't watched any of it. Um, you know, I, I haven't watched any of it. The Phoenix, the Suns were on tonight uh, between shows, but I was hanging with the wife, so I didn't really get to watch it much. But I, I you know, kind of cheer for Javon Carter, but the, he's not getting to play right. So yeah, um,
1: it's, it, it's fun, Chappie, for no other reason than the. Four teams that are in there are the Clippers, the Suns, the Bucks, and the Hawks. We're going to have a different look in fi- finals this year. And I'm. Gotta love, gotta love that. Yeah. I, I think one of the problems, and we talked about it on 3R, is that if it's not LA, Boston, Chicago based, the NBA doesn't do a really good job marketing, but you've got the 11th market in Atlanta and the eighth market in Phoenix it's going to be fun. And I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of, of, of the bucks team. I really, I enjoy watching the bucks, even though I'm a Hawks fan. So it's, it's, I've watched more playoff basketball this year than any year since Dr. J was in the league. So, um,
0: I haven't watched a bit, man. I watch baseball every night. You know that, though. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> if the Braves were a little better right now, I'd probably be watching baseball, too.
0: Yeah. Um. So, big news tonight, or today, tonight. Steelers cut David DeCastro and signed Trey... I forget the kid's name. Trey... Help me out. Is it Turner? I want to say it's Turner. kid from the chargers, but I, I like, I like the move. I'm mean, Thomas. Trey Thomas. Yes, yes. No, Trey Turner, Trey Turner. Sorry. So I feel like that was a calculated
1: move. I mean, from before the draft. Yes. Um, Trey Turner. I'm trying to pull up his, uh, PFF pro. That's topic. what I was getting ready. Go to do too. Um, he is someone that
0: um, I remember him being a good uh, uh, guard when when I saw him play. I I watched him a lot last year because I had. Um, he,
1: he's a very um, I I can't pull him up right now, but um, if I remember correctly, he's a pretty good run blocker. Uh, seems I'm like almost there, kind of,
0: man. Hang on
1: one of those road warrior guys.
0: So PFF has. <laughs> They've got it changed already. He's already gone. Huh? They charge. They signed Matt Feeler from Pittsburgh. That's crazy. Huh? I'm looking. I'm almost there, man. Sorry, guys. Uh, Um, Go ahead. What were you going to say?
1: I'm just looking through his game log. He played a lot last year. He's a good player. What the heck? I I do remember this guy's story. Uh, He was an early second, third-round pick, signed one of those mega deals. Like He was that last class that got to sign a mega deal, and he got cut because of it. And he's kind of bounced since then. That might be a good pickup for the Steelers. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt it is. Uh, he was a beast at LSU.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think he steps right in and starts. It's spelled crazy. It's T-R-A-I. Yeah. For some reason, I can't get I don't
1: have him on pro football. I got him on another list. Listed him as the 24th best guard uh, in the league, you consider there's two guards on each team that would make him top 15 ish. Uh, yeah, pretty good. Uh, not sure. Uh, uh, not sure why the chargers, uh, the, I see a curve ball. Didn't I buddy? Yeah. Um, (laughs) was traded for Russell. Okay. Um, yeah, I would like to know why the Chargers released him. That's because uh, they signed Matt Feeler from the Steelers.
0: <coughs> that's why Matt Feeler started. Listen, here, here's what people don't understand: the Steelers were eleven and one last, or excuse me, twelve and one last year when Matt Feeler started. Mm-hmm. They were one and four without him. Makes you a pretty good football player. I'm not saying it's a direct result. <laughs> I'm not saying he played he played both left and right tackle last year. He played the guard position. That's valuable when you have a guy that could play three or four positions along that offensive line and he did a good job.
1: Makes sense now looking at the transaction. Yeah. All right, so, so- but the Steelers still got out of that deal. They lost Spiller, but they got some flexibility, it looks like, in their offensive line. One of the things, and we'll move our tight end talk to next week, um, <laughs> I was going to challenge you tonight, and I had it drawn out to, we were going to go through each one of the Steelers receiving targets before we rate uh, it mouth uh, Because uh, I was shocked at where a couple of the places had him rate it, uh, and... In the, it's crazy, isn't it? Late thirties, early forties, Um, and I was gonna, I was, we are gonna go through the the receiving chart, but I did it myself, and I came up with Ben Roethlisberger with a, a and considering it's a seventeen game season, about a five thousand yard season, and 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 it gets the Steelers have got weapons. It's how many targets that's left over, right? And there's not going to be a whole lot when you start putting it together. Um, Here's, here, I'll tease it for next week. I have one betting my butt on it breakout candidate at tight end. Like, move over top five. You're going to welcome somebody. And it's not Kyle Pitts.
0: No, I would, I would, I would be surprised if you said it was.
1: I have one that I think is set up uh, for a huge year, and it's because he's the best wide receiver on his team, and he's the best tight So I'll tease that for next week. I have him rated ahead of Mark Andrews.
0: I have my guesses. We'll save it though.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's a good little tease.
0: He, here's the Pat Fearmuth caveat that needs to happen. Eric Ebron needs to twist an ankle, or <laughs> yeah, yeah, if that happens, because we all know he's fragile, Freddie. We all know that, right?
1: Yeah,
0: he's walking on toothpick angles.
1: It may so, one of the best two or three athletes at the tight end position in the NFL.
0: And the yeah. other part to that is Chase Claypool gets off to a hot start.
1: Yeah.
0: So, if you're sitting with Freemuth having to play at tight end, have to. And you got Claypool making plays opposite of him. Defenses are going to roll. Coverage is going to roll. And there's going to be a huge seam for that young man. And the plays don't have to be plentiful. They'll be big. Yeah. That's the thing.
1: Hey, see, and I, I was real high on Logan Thomas last year for the same reason. Yeah. Right, but this year with with Curtis Samuel's on that team, I actually think that hurts his production. Even though he's a, a wide receiver, I think they're tied in or they're they're they run similar teams. routes, right? Yeah, they yeah, they're, they're going to look a lot alike. So yeah, um, I also I worry I worry about uh, I worry about Fitzpatrick and how much he loves the tight end because you know that's a I give him credit. That's a wheeler-dealer down the wheel field thrower. I expect huge things out of Terry McLaren this year. Huge. Yeah. Talking, you know, 1,300-yard range would not – 1,400-yard would not shot him.
0: Now, is that out of necessity? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, so, who who else – who else do you trust catching the ball – it's a receiver position in Washington.
1: Well, you—they uh, did sign Curtis Samuel.
0: I, I apologize. I, I'll give you that. Outside of him, though, who, uh, is there anybody else that I, I know? They had that.
1: They added a guy in the third round this year. Can't remember his name. In the year before, they had a kid. They added in the fourth round that was injured all year. Uh, when we do a Washington preview, I'll be a little more in depth. But I was reading their. um their rivals argue. argue they kind of said the same thing: who's going to be the third receiver? And it was it's Logan Thomas.
0: Well, so here's here's the point that I'm trying to make, Randall. Curtis Samuel is your third receiver. Yeah. So you need. So you need. Um, Cam Sims is the other guy. I was thinking. Cam of. Sims, yes. Um, you need a guy like Sims to step up. And shift Samuel back into that slot where he's most comfortable.
1: Absolutely, I think I don't Washington,
0: see it. It's my point.
1: Washington could be. Washington's about one piece from being a very good offense. I think. Um, yeah. Walter Payton. I think it's a more of a outside guy. I'd really like Antonio Gibson, Randy Moss. I, Yeah, yeah. Give me Randy Moss, and I'll take. You You know, uh, I heard one of the funniest things be my last thing for the night. I heard the same podcast, which folks, be careful who you listen to. No doubt, everybody sing the praises of Jamar Terry for thirty minutes, and how great he can be as a rookie, and then turn around for thirty more minutes and tell you how unproductive first-year tight ends are in the NFL. And um, in my head, I'm going, dude, you're talking almost about the same guy. One of them's called a tight end. One of them's called a wide receiver. Make sure you get your advice from somebody that at least watches games. Uh,
0: You're absolutely right. And it's funny. Um, It's tough. It's tough to do this and be well-versed on everybody. It it is. It is.
1: But – You can do one sport. I mean, like, I defer to you on baseball every time. Well, and uh,
0: my point is understanding from watching enough what the teams are trying to do gets you a long way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, if you look at the – the football team. See that I caught myself. Yeah. If you look at the football team, you look at them and you see, you know what Ron Rivera wants to do. Absolutely. Was to play he defense, slow it down, run a, a, a chain moving type of offense. But he's built a little differently, right? Because, like you said, Fitzpatrick wants to throw the ball downfield. Gibson's a, a pass receiving running back. McLaurin's one of the best wide receivers in the game. So his offense is geared towards something he's not equipped. Right. And his sweet spot, But they're going to land somewhere in the middle, I guess, is my
1: point. I, I think you're right. I think I think Gibson stands to have a huge upstroke this year. No doubt about it. Um, I tell you, another team, a couple of te- new coaches are absolutely one of the wild wildcars of fantasy. Yeah, um, I think if they've been a play caller, an OC going to a head coaching job, you can l- literally maybe project. But when you get a DC that moves to a head coaching job, then you you really got to go look at what that OC has done at other stops to get um, a feel for it. I, yeah, not I totally just, agree with that. Not just because I'm a Falcons fan, but because I think he is a offensive guru. I think the Falcons finish as a 500 football team, but I think they put up a huge offensive number and yeah, give them a huge uh, defensive number. You know? I, I I'll tell you, I love the Mike Davis signing. I do too. Uh, and and you talk about values and drafts. Mike Davis going in yeah. fifth or sixth round. Yeah. Take him every time as your running back three. Every. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Um, and in deep I, leagues, you can take him as your running back two. Yes. I mean, he, he's going to get volume there. He's going to get the goal line um, carries. He's There's not much there for him to
1: compete with. Nope. And think of this, Chappie, and this would be – as we get into it, we'll talk about strategies later. If I had one of those early picks and I came away with Dalvin Cook, or Christian McCaffrey, and I knew I had one, while healthy, solid stud, Derrick Henry, plug him in every weekend, running back, I might be willing to gamble a little bit round two, three, and four, knowing that I could come back around early on Mike Davis, and my starting running backs are Derrick Henry and Mike Davis? That sounds like that could win a league there, especially if you've added, like, Diggs, Thomas, and maybe one of those premier tight ends in that draft period. I'll do you yep. one better.
0: How about like a Tyreek Hill? Yeah. And then you come back with a Najee Harris in the second round. Did you see the
1: mock draft I did the other day?
0: You no, know, but you were telling me a little bit about it.
1: Yeah, it's actually the way I
0: – Listen, listen.
1: I, I was in the Third, hole.
0: Randall, there's no flipping way. There's no way. If he goes in the second round, I'll strip down and run to the end of the street. I think in I won't those
1: casual leagues, <laughs> you, you play in those leagues that people just check off boxes. You can probably <laughs> get in there. I saw a magazine the other day, and I was so happy because they had him listed at 15. I was Mm-mm. like, man.
0: Ain't no way. There's no way. There's no way. But you, so, so have you seen multiple times, multiple times? They've asked him to go home. They're saying you're overdoing it. Have you seen this? Yeah. This is is a true story.
1: Here's another question for you that we'll talk about next week. How high can you take Travis Kelsey? I'm not.
0: I'm not. It's against what I do. That's Uh, me, though
1: but I'd be more, I'd be more likely to get Darren Waller. Okay. So here's my philosophy. It's very simple. And we'll, we'll talk about it. you either be the first guy or the last guy on the tight ends. Uh, and being my first guy you get, and there's five in my, I don't know the year that I've had five tight ends in my first tier. It's almost though that Kelsey's in a tier by himself. And then four, Right, other right. but this is the deepest first tier that I've had. In a long time that there's just not two or three guys like last year. The tier was Kittle, Kelsey, and Waller. I think I'm willing to add at least one or two guys to that tier, and in this year. So uh, I'm excited about Waller. Uh, we won't get into it, but yeah, he might he might be my number two tight end in all of the NFL. Oh, I. I in front of Kittle. I agree. So. I agree. I, and, and
0: Kittle's really good. This isn't a slight against Kittle. I just don't see an option where Darren Waller isn't a humongous part of that offense, especially in a red zone. He's, right. And not just the red zone. Once you get inside the 50, he's a threat.
1: So it also goes back to one of the things when you're rating your fantasy team, you always take a peek at that quarterback position. I, 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 I'll make bank that Garoppolo and Lance at some point during the season has a quarterback controversy going. Um, you know, if I would be happier if they would come out and tell me Lance is going to start game one and be our quarterback or Garoppolo will be a stopper. But I still think that, 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 That's an awful hard position to manage that you just bet your franchise future on a quarterback and you're going to set him for the year. Boy, that seems like a tough position to put a coach into. I'll put it that way.
0: No, it doesn't make any sense. But, you know, the thing about the Raiders that I start to wonder about, they they re-signed Mariota, right? Yes, is Derek
1: Car really better than Mariota? I don't know, and I wouldn't be shocked to see that either.
0: So when you look at that scenario, aren't we talking about the same players? Uh they both have to be a big part of the offense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I what it came down to me, that the, the deal separator, Chappie. Was I rated Debo Samuel as a better receiver than anybody on the Raiders? And I think that I think the, I well, the Niners, that the Niners have better outside skill people than the Raiders. The Raiders have invested heavily in early draft picks at that wide receiver group, but they just don't seem to be panning out. So they're picking uh, the wrong players. They always have. Yeah, I really. I. I what do you think about rugs? not my favorite Alabama receiver over the last few years. I just, I don't, we talked about it with minor league teams. I don't see progression from the wide receiver position in Oakland. They, they, they found, they found a kid that had been suspended twice for drugs and just happened to put his life together. And a once in a lifetime kind of talent in Darren Waller. So they got lucky. The rest of that offense regresses. I'm not even sure if Josh Jacobs—that was my next question—is going to be the starting running back. You gave on Drake twelve million dollars to. to uh,
0: that's that. Yeah, I, that's that, I don't understand that.
1: So, I, I, at the end of the day, I think Waller's the sure thing in Oakland or Las Vegas this year. Right. It's
0: interesting. I mean, you know, you go around and you start to look at these teams and try and see like what they're trying to do. Um, a team to me that seems to have their stuff together from the top down is the Cleveland Browns.
1: They they seem to, they made a horrible hire two years ago, but they've got it straightened out and he didn't do <laughs> He didn't do a lot of damage to the program. Kevin
0: Stefanski is one of the brightest young coaches in this game.
1: He is. Um,
0: And he's – go ahead.
1: I feel the same as you, and I think they're uber talented um, just everywhere.
0: The offensive line is generationally good. Yeah. It's like mid-'90s Dallas Cowboys good.
1: Being a Steelers fan, I know you don't root for them. But being a football fan, if any city deserves a winner, a little bit, it's the Cleveland Browns. I know you can't, but no. It's a good division. That division, it is. I'd rather
0: them win than the Ravens. I hate the Ravens. I'd
1: rather them win than the Ravens. I can't wait to get into to some of this football, but. We're gonna have a heavy football, baseball show all the way through September, October.
0: Yeah, and it's it's gonna be interesting because some things are coming up. Um, we're we're on the precipice of some changes here, so um, we'll announce those as we go. But you know, it yeah, it is. It, it's it's all fun and it's all good. Um, but you know, I I want to leave you with one baseball thought, if I can. Ahmed Rosario.
1: Okay.
0: Can I talk about him a little bit?
1: Yeah, let's hit it.
0: So, he, I'm calling him as one of my sleeper hitters of the second half of the season. And what's going on with Rosario is interesting. When you look at him big picture, he's always been a top-of-the-order type of hitter. Yeah. But the Mets refuse to play him there. They wanted to hit him seventh or eighth and expect him to produce as a, as a top of the order hitter down there before they moved him up to the top of the order. Well, when you fast forward to the beginning of this year when he gets traded, brings him over to Cleveland, what happens? Andres Jimenez is called the everyday starting shortstop. They love him, right? Right. Well, he failed, and, and they move Rosario out to the outfield. And he looks like an idiot, and he's kind of the talk of string training, right? Not in a good way. Well, then him and his fails, and then all of a sudden they have this veteran who just happens to play shortstop playing in center field. They move him in. They put him at the top of the order, right where he should have been the whole time in New York. And all of a sudden, he blossoms. Is Ahmed Rosario, what what do you see him looking like at the end of the year, stats-wise?
1: You know, um, it's a pretty good analogy. Uh, Thanks, I thought of it myself. Yeah, I mean, uh, so he'll go into the all-star break. He's got, what, seven or eight home runs now.
0: I'm looking it up right now. No, I don't think it's that many.
1: He's getting a little hot. Let me see. Let me throw a number out. Can he get to 15 and 60 with 15 steals? Um, I think he has more than 15 steals. That would be a huge number to me. Any 15, 60, 10 and 15 and 70, plus 20 steals. I mean, it's huge. I, I feel like for me
0: the the biggest takeaway you look at obp and ba he's currently at 270 and his obp is currently at 325 why that's important and what i look at when i look at these things his career average is 268 right so 2 points higher than his career average his career average OBP is 305. 20 points higher than that. I I believe at that leadoff spot, you're looking at right now he's at 35. I think he gets the 80 runs scored as the two hitter for the Indians. I think he steals 20 bases. Double digits on and- run. And I think he's 12 to 15 home runs. Now, here's the thing I think is probably the boldest statement. He's currently at 270. I think he gets up to around 280 to 285.
1: I'm going to tell you the boldest statement I have by pulling up his players chart. He's 25. I would have said he was 30. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, you're I just, talking you're
0: talking about a guy here. And it's because he came up as a 21-year-old. He he feels like he's been around forever. He's a, again, he's a career 268 hitter. Hit 287 as a 23-year-old.
1: Yeah, I was just looking at that year in 2019. 15 dingers, 72 runs. 19 stolen base i mean if he gets into that range he's an all-star to me and he's pretty good defensively is he not he's really good defensively he's not
0: he's not francisco lindor defensively and that's
1: okay he's wow he's a I'm gonna have a pickup to make here after the show. So he's he's better than um,
0: he's better than Paul DeJong defensively. Yeah, he's better than Kevin Newman defensively. So you know he, he's in probably in the upper
1: quarter. How many times do you hear of that young player that comes up? makes that change of location and discovers their major discovers something you sounds like this kid's got the shot to do it in cleveland
0: absolutely i'll give you another name's doing the same thing in boston christian arroyo
1: yeah
0: (laughs) is doing the exact same thing in boston I mean, here you got Jared Duran, who's killing the ball, kills the ball at the Olympic trials, is killing the ball a trip triple-A for the Red Sox. He can't find a field because Chris Royo on his third team in five years
1: all of a sudden wants to say, hey, wait, remember, I'm pretty good. Yeah, and uh, uh, we let Adam Duvall walk to Miami, and kind of the same story a couple of years ago. Hey, that's the million-dollar question I have for you, Chappie, is, is, is who's going to win the East? I mean, I, I have no clue. Is it going to be Washington? I mean. That's a good question. It's going to be really close. Um, it, I, It's my division, and I have the worst feel of any division for it. Just when I, I think I get something figured out, it goes the other way.
0: The only um, thing that – concerns me about Washington is the Max Scherzer thing. The thing that made them so good in a playoff series was having that second ace behind
1: yeah.
0: Strasburg. I'm sorry did I say Scherzer. Uh, having that second ace behind Scherzer and Strasburg and then throwing Corbin behind him. When you put Corbin as a two, I think that slants the scale a little bit not in way. Now, I'll say this, Ross has picked it up, Fetty's picked it up. Um, they've had some other guys come in and spot start well. They've done a good job picking up the slack, but I don't know if that's good enough in the playoff series. So I guess my answer to that is I'd have to know what um, Strasburg's scenario is. I feel like with what they've done offensively, they've done enough. I Listen, Josh Bell is – Getting ready to break is out. I mean, he's getting ready to hit a lot of homers in, in a big chunk. I don't know if that's before or after the All Star break, but it's coming. Schwarber's done it. They're a dangerous team. I worry about that pitching rotation in the playoffs. I don't think it's the Mets. I don't think the Mets have the staying power. I don't think they have a the starting pitcher or the offense. Um, I the Braves
1: like the train wreck. I like the
0: Phillies. I do too. I like. I like what they're doing there.
1: As it, sad as it is, as bad as the Braves and the Phillies have played at time, they're both five and five and a half out. Right. So they're still right. there.
0: Yeah. I, I, when you have a guy, well. So for me with the Phillies, if you look at the same thing that I just said about Washington, you're going to have to go up against Nola and Wheeler. Yeah. That's two aces. That makes you real tough in a three-game series. Or five-game, you know, best of three, rather. That makes you real tough. I'm going to lean
1: Philly, but any four of those teams. And how do you know how sickening it is to watch me watch Mr. 6181 ERA now as a Cy Young contender out in San Francisco? It's just elite, elite.
0: That's a picture I'm buying second half.
1: Yeah, there it, so. it is.
0: He's going to be in the article.
1: Well, it's a picture that I went from picking up as a 14th or 5th round pick yeah, that now uh, the other night I said he wouldn't make my keeper staff. Yeah, he makes it.
0: His case pronoun's the difference. I mean, yeah. it, you look at what they – and that's and, uh, a different story for a different day. We're out of time. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> I tell you, it always goes by fast. Um, you got any parting comments you want to make?
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We will do the tight end review, preview, and I think we're going to try to knock out maybe a position a week up till like, training camp gets rolling and we'll get some more information just to keep a little football alive. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to do a mock draft once a week uh, to get people ready. Uh, I did one this week. was a lot of fun. And if you could, uh, we are really – to the point, we're trying to monetize stuff. Please, please, like and follow Chappie's Fantasy Chat, River City Media, on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, all the things that we love to bring you programming. But we need you to like us so you get that little notification. I remembered this week. Did great, man. Well, listen, we'll do it again next time.
0: Um, until then, you got any questions or comments? Feel free to hit us up. The other angle Thursday nights at 10 on iLogic Media, Draft for Upside, River City Media, Chaps Fantasy Sports Group. Talk to you guys next Thursday. Good night.